Hey everyone, welcome back to the Futurist Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Lenehan. Today's guest is Nature & Co's Vice President of Sustainability, Marcelo Bejar. As the world's largest B Corporation, Nature & Co owns brands like The Body Shop, Avon, Aesop and Natura, brands and products that most of us interact with every single day. Marcelo shares what it means to be a B Corp, how its brands are implementing circularity throughout its supply chain, and he shares how he's working with others to help protect biodiversity. I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Marcelo and if you do, don't forget to like, subscribe and share it with a friend. Marcelo, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. I know you're calling from Brazil, uh, your homeland, but you're based in London and I have so much I want to talk to you about. But let's just maybe start with you yourself. What is your background and what kind of career trajectory led you to the work that you do now? Yes, of course, Joe. So first of all, thank you so much for the kind of invitation. Uh, and yes, I, I was born and raised here in Brazil. I am a sociologist by training. I also have a, a, a law degree and I worked in several NGOs. I worked um, as a journalist as well, and I worked in the Brazilian federal government. I led the Brazilian disarmament campaign, well, almost 20 years ago now. And I, I transitioned to the private sector around 15 years ago. And I've been always connected to sustainability. So first in infrastructure, I try to, to put together two different things in infrastructure. First, a way to start producing green steel. So steel out of um, um, nature and using trees in order to produce instead of coal. So renewable steel was one of my projects. And the other one was making... Um, um, a different, a different way of producing um, mining um, in, in especially iron ore. So that took a lot of energy and effort, and it was really an interesting moment. And then in the middle of those projects, I wanted to transition to a true sustainability champion to learn. And then I landed in Natura. So Natura, I landed here nine years ago. Natura is one of the biggest pioneers in sustainability in the global south. It was the first company in the South to report under GRI, the Global Report Initiative metrics and, and, and ways of reporting. Nature was the first one to use refilling in packaging in the 80s. And it was really shifted during the 90s when we had a very similar moment as we had last year in Glasgow at COP26. In Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, we had in 92, the Conference of Earth, the Earth Conference. In, and it stopped the whole country and everyone thought, well, what can I do to do something different? And Natura started to use bioingredients from the Amazon region right after that conference. So, uh, and we can talk a little bit more about the initiatives that were led in the last 30 years, but that's where I'm now gladly Natura's Vice President for Sustainability and Group Affairs. For Natura & Co, which is the holding company that comprises brands like Natura, The Body Shop, Aesop and Avon, which are well known by your, uh, your audience for sure. That's the thing. So many people are familiar with the brands, but not many people understand the inner workings of how the industry works and that actually those brands are owned by a bigger company. And really the responsibility of the greater company is often what allows those brands to be sustainable and have sustainable practices. So it's so exciting to hear that 
Naturo and Co has been doing this work for so long because obviously, as we know, so many companies now are trying to reverse processes and supply chains that they've had for decades and try to do the work where you guys have actually been leading the way. And I suppose, especially for, you know, companies like or uh, brands like The Body Shop, everyone would be familiar with The Body Shop and with the ethos. So obviously, when you joined, you brought a wealth of experience. And what I love about your career is that you worked in so many different industries before you took up this role. Do you think that's really important, you know, for for people who are maybe looking to get into the sustainability field, do you think having real world experience is important? I think it helps a lot, Joe, in the sense that sustainability has different perspectives on the same phenomena, right? So you, you can see something and a challenge like climate change. Of course, there are processes and, and material things that must change and we must produce in a different way and logistics must shift. But there is also a concern on regulation in order for it to be effective so it can make the most of of the economy moving towards incentivizing that change instead of blocking that change so there is a regulatory framework on public policy that is also very important to take into consideration and something that for me is super meaningful which is how can we get those perspectives in a less technical way so people really understand what we're talking about? Something that I always try to, to build, which is moving from carbon emissions into carbon emotions. So people understanding with their own lives, with the impact that carbon, the, the climate change has on, on their livelihood. So, and I remember when I was once in Princeton uh, University at a seminar on Amazon 4.0, and we were seeing the balance between what is happening on nature and on the forest and climate change, and the impact that were modeled by the, the sophisticated computers by Princeton University, and the impact will come across all instances of our lives. So it's not for the technicians only. I think it's for everyone to be on the same page, knowing the effects of the decisions that we are taking on a daily basis. And those decisions are, at the same time, technical ones, political ones, financial ones, but most important, social ones. So I, I think having a mixed background facilitates to understand how those impacts will play and how can we move ourselves in a way that can be more effective for all those measures to come together. Yeah, and I love what you spoke about there about having the emotional side too, because I think historically, if we look at any change that's happened, people have to connect with an issue emotionally to be really motivated because making a lot of these changes, even for people in their everyday lives, it takes a little bit of work initially and it takes, you know, a change of mindset. So having that connection to, as you say, how it's going to affect everything is so, so important. I mean, your job sounds fascinating. Can you give us like, and I'm sure there's no typical day in your life, but could you give us like a typical rundown of what you do day, day to day? So, it, yeah, there is certainly, as I, I, I always tell people, not a due day. And it's always exciting to, to bring all those elements together. But most of our time, we, we shaped a, a, a vision of where we want to be as a group for the next 10 years and how the companies will play uh, for us to, to achieve those goals. So we have very clear goals for addressing the climate crisis and for us to connect both on how is the bridge for us to reduce absolute emissions. So that takes a lot of discussions and perspectives and how to set those targets correctly and how to implement those measures uh, also in place. So that takes a lot of time. Uh, I think the Amazon is something for us 
it's not only something that is important because we are Brazilians, but because we are earthlings, right? So it's important for everyone. There will be no Paris Agreement without the Amazon, and there will be no Amazon without the Paris Agreement, because if the temperatures raise, then the forests won't survive as well. So what we need is uh, to create and to foster collective efforts from different sectors, not only consumer goods, for us to do things that can preserve the forest. And there, we put together a website from scientists and NGOs to, uh, to, to check what is happening daily. And what we've been observing is that there are 1.5 million trees being chopped down daily currently. So it's super, super, super concerning. And the, the website, if anyone wants to check, it's called www.plenamata.com.eco. I'm sorry. Uh, and we, we can later on make it uh, possible for everyone to, to share with the, the, the podcast. But it's important for us not only to monitor the, what is happening, but also what can prevent those things from happening. So we spend a lot of our efforts on connecting NGOs, local government, and finance to bring the solutions that will allow the forest to keep standing. We have on our, uh, we spend a lot of time also bringing new targets for nature as a whole, not only for the Amazon, but for, uh, we have been, I think, very successful on putting together targets for carbon emissions and for climate change, but we haven't been so successful yet on bringing those targets for nature. So just for everyone to understand where we are, I think nowadays, uh, for the public sector, we have the national standards, which are called the NDCs for carbon. That does not exist correctly for nature. Nowadays, what you have is the Convention for Biodiversity. They establish what they call the NBCEPs, but they are not comparable. So we are working towards a new global framework for biodiversity that can play the same uh, level of importance that the Paris Agreement had for carbon will have for nature. So that will be debated December this year in Montreal, in Canada, um, and that's the COP15 on biodiversity. So we're engaging a lot with many groups to put together an instrument that can be effective to protect nature. So that's part of my, what, what we do on a daily basis as well. And then we have the two other pillars, one for social. So I think we are nowadays a global company. So we operate in over 100 markets. And as you know, equality, all the question on equality and everyone wants to play a, a different perspective to really take seriously uh, the measures of equality in, the, in its different dimensions. And we want to, we have standards for each one of our companies to operate and to reflect the fabric of the societies where we operate and to assure that not only we have gender equality, but also the gender pay gap is, is no longer exists. And for other dimensions like ethnicity, uh, sexual orientation, disabilities as well. So that also is a work more focused internally on the organization, but it's really, really important. And we have a large network of people who are connected to our businesses, especially our consultants and representatives, 8 million people around the globe. And we are also discussing how can we better measure the social impact of our activities. And recently, the Natura brand here in Brazil presented an integrated profit and losses, an IPNL, 
to check how the social impact uh, is playing on our on our activity. And I think the results are overwhelming. So I, I strongly recommend everyone to take a look at how we value impact, not only on the environmental side, but also on the social pillar. And finally, we produce things, we do, we do products. So there is the physical dimension on how can we really embrace circularity and regeneration? How can we become more and more um, sustainable on that aspect as well? And how can we achieve 100% of renewability uh, or, or recyclability of everything that we produce? So that takes also a lot of time and effort. So long, long answer, but many activities on, on the same day. You sound really busy. <laughs> That's what I'm gathering from this. And there was so much that you covered there that I could go back through. But I'll share lots of links for people. So if they want to read a little bit further, especially on the biodiversity goals and the social goals, they can go and read it because I'm sure we could have an hour long conversation on even one of those pillars. But I suppose what I want to ask is, you know, all of those pillars do come together really nicely in this new certification process, which is called B Corp. Yes, that's correct. People are just becoming a little bit more familiar with it. In Ireland, we still only have, I think, four B Corp companies, but it is something that's gathering pace uh, globally. And you guys are B Corp certified. So can you tell listeners a little bit about what it is and how it's actually supporting all of the different initiatives that you're working on? Yeah, so very, very great question. So the, the B Corp certification is a, a certification that allows you to compare how companies are performing across sectors and with a ranking that it's clear, that has very uh, specific questions and that you're ranked against competitors across sectors, across geographies. And it's, you must earn um, different aspects of your operation and, and points to score to become a big corp. So you have, first of all, to change your legal status to say that you take into consideration not only the economic dimension and the interests of shareholders, but also the interests of society and the interests of the environment. So it really puts together profit, people and planet on the same basis. And with that, you score how companies are performing in each one of those dimensions. Natura has been the first public traded company to become a B Corp. So in 2016, um, if I'm not mistaken, it might be uh, uh, 15, I'm sorry. I think it was 2015, a long time ago. And we've been recertified twice by Natura Brand. And we also took ESOP and the Body Shop on the B Corp journey. So becoming a B Corp, you not only change your legal status, but it allows you to read how you are performing on those dimensions, comparing to others. So I think is is the future where companies, and I remember once I was in a, supermarket in, of course, it was uh, San Francisco in California, a very progressive uh, city and, and uh, a good supermarket. And But there was this couple in the shelves and the, the woman looked at the man and, and he says, oh, I'm going to take this one. And she, she responded to him, but have you checked if it's B? I said, wow, that's the future. So I think consumers more and more will be interested to see if the B certification is on the products to allow them to compare and to see not only the economic price that a product has, but also the impacts and the, the other connections that the products causes to the world. So I think B Corp is a way that will change how we see businesses and how business perform and report themselves. 
I couldn't agree more. I think it's so exciting. And like to your point, you know, we're obviously really interested in this topic and I love getting into the nitty gritty and researching businesses, but a lot of consumers don't have time or interest for that. So for them to be able to just see that be on a product and know that it's be certified is going to make it very easy for customers. The more companies that get on board, it'll really help customers be discerning. And, and like you said, a kind of a shorthand to figure it out. So congratulations on it, because I, I've been through the process with the company I used to work for. It's extremely intense. It's vigorous. There is no part of your company that can hide. So it's really amazing when someone does achieve it because you know that it, they're really, it, 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 there's no room for greenwashing, which obviously is, is a big issue at the moment. So that that's wonderful to hear. In terms then of the more consumer facing things, you mentioned there the Body Shop and Aesop came on the B Corp journey with you. I know from the Body Shop, you've just started implementing refills here in Dublin. So maybe can you talk a little bit about that? Because obviously that's part of your circularity um, initiative within the company. Of course, my pleasure. And let me let me tell you that the Body Shop in Natura, we have been closed for quite a while. So Damanita Roddick, she visited us uh, back in the 90s. And the Natura founders were also uh, in, in, in Brighton and, and visited her in London. And the connections were immediate and, and they got really well together. And people used to say when they, when they saw a, a product from the body shop here in Brazil, they would say, oh, it's like Natura. They are doing the same as Natura is doing. And when people saw the products of Natura in, in the UK, they would say, oh, that's like the body shop. And But it, it was not a coincidence. They were like-minded and they were two companies that not only fought for uh, important causes and and the, in different ways. I mean, the the, the, the body shop does have a, a, a need to place an advocacy and, and the idea that the campaigns were really important that were not only about what she would sell on her stores. And I remember seeing a video where she says that when people get into a body shop store, they might see only a shelf full of products, but she saw a shelf full of schools and housing and opportunities that were generated by the way that the body shop worked with traditional communities. And now I think the body shop is renewing that, that spirit. David Boyton is an amazing CEO and he's bringing this new spirit of circularity back into, into the body shop and the refilling stations are doing an amazing work by reducing the use of plastics dramatically. ESOP is on the same direction, so just inaugurated its first refilling station in Melbourne, so you'll be hearing uh, uh, more about it soon. And I think there will be a, a different way of the way people use retail and how they connect to the brand. So the retail station will be, I think that the refilling station will be something that will bring people who are already conscious of the use of materials and I think this will only grow within the year. So we are super proud of the, the work that the Body Shop has been doing and we'll be reporting shortly great progress on, on that front on circularity. Having something like that physically in a shop like we have here in Grafton Street is so exciting because people, it opens their minds, they start to ask questions, they think a little bit differently about things and it's going to be so exciting to see that roll out more and more. I know that your job must be really challenging and, you know, you're dealing with a lot of problems that are still very new to find solutions for. But what is what are the things that keep you positive and keep you motivated? Is there anything specific at the moment that you're working on that you think, yes, this is why I do my job? Yeah, that, that's, I think, uh, uh, a very important point, because nowadays what we see somehow, I think, with the war and with the pressure on costs is 
one of the many backlashes that this agenda uh, had for the last, I would say, since the, the, the first declaration of the UN 50 years ago, this agenda has been coming and going, but I don't think there is a, a way back. I think there is a consciousness that was taken that we understood the effects of our actions on the planet. And first, I think we were very successful on a few moments of history, like the ozone layer. And that's my constant example. So we diagnosed, there was the diagnosis of a global issue that required everyone to take care about. And the Kyoto Protocol was made and we did it. And nowadays no one talks about the ozone layer anymore. So it was maybe a slightly less complex um, uh, issue than climate change, but it was tackled and it was done on a global scale. What really excites me from here on, I think, is first, I think there is this agenda on climate change that will come to stay and people have to, I think that especially the younger generations, they are so conscious about it that they will become the new citizens and they will become the new consumers and they will move the needle for companies and countries to work on that direction. I'm, I'm totally hopeful on that. I, I'm a father of two and I see it uh, daily in my house. And, but I also see in research, the economists did a brilliant research on what young people think globally. And I, I think that needle will change. And I think what we are trying to build on nature is something that it's, we, we either do it on this generation or we'll regret uh, for, for, for the generations to come. And I think we will be able to do so. We are now not only on the public dimension, uh, trying to bring a new agreement on nature with the global post-2020 framework, but on the private sector, now we are forming science-based targets for nature as well, so companies can relate to what they do. On finance, we are shifting finances to take a look at the risks and exposure and also opportunities and investments that will make the transition from uh, an economy that still subsidize fossil fuels into a, an economy that will subsidize uh, regenerative solutions and different ways of, of producing. So I think that's ongoing. And science has been our major partner on that, uh, on that journey. And I think now we will have more and more clarity on the targets and the limits and the planet boundaries that requires action. And I think consciousness is coming. So that keeps me optimistic. I love your positivity. It's so nice to have some positive news and some things to look forward to and really keep going with this because so many people can become negative and feel like, you know, there's nothing we can do. Not enough people are on board, but I couldn't agree more with you. I think there's so many amazing things happening and we just need more and more people to become activated and involved. For people who are listening and who maybe haven't thought about this before, when it comes to their products, what kind of things do you think they should look out for? I mean, obviously, if they're going to go for products by ASOP or the body shop they can kind of rest be rest assured that the supply chains are being looked after but would you suggest people look for B Corp is it important for people to know where the ingredients come from you know if people are starting off do you have any words of wisdom for them so I, I think nowadays people are really more and more conscious and social media unleash all the possibilities of people getting to know closer the effects that whatever they by how it was produced and the effects that it will have on them and on the planet. So I, I think we have some clarity on all the corporate 
reporting that is done by companies more and more so people have access to how things were produced. But it's super important to have third-part certificates that we will allow to show and to explain so people are not fooled by uh, ideas that can be misleading and they really understand how the metrics were built, how they were uh, assembled and how they are disclosed and the the truth that is behind those metrics. So I think B Corp plays a very important role. I think if you go on sectors and not only on companies, it's really important to check how they are performing versus the SDGs on a national level and on a national standard. I think there was this huge effort that was put together by the UN to have some common targets for every country. So I think there is the individual consumer level with the product, but there is also the individual consumer level with the sector of the economy and their own and their own uh, uh, institutions. So I think the SDGs helps us to see how we are performing. I, I always say that people are conscious about the inflation rate and the interest rate, but there it's more rare to to see consciousness on how much carbon your country is emitting and why. So I think those numbers will become more and more familiar shortly and they will connect directly to what you're buying so you have nowadays you check it, the procedure the precedence of, of where you're buying from and you you know that there is a connection between the origin of the product and how your economy is performing but there is still a, a lack that will be fulfilled between how the product was built and how your environment is reacting to it. So I think those indexes will help us to, to lead the way and to play some light in the years to come. Oh, Marcelo, you're such a futurist and I can't thank you enough for giving us such an invaluable insight into the really important work you're doing. And when it comes to beauty care, body care, hair care, it's something that so many of us are interested in. So it's a really great way to introduce people into these great ideas about zero carbon, sustainable supply chains, biodiversity. So thank you so, so much for your time. And I'll leave all the links to everything that you've mentioned below, but cannot wait to see what you're going to do next. I'm sure you have a lot ahead of you, even for the end of the year. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much, Joe. First of many, I hope.